0: Well, last night I mentioned that uh, New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barillaro had suggested ripping up the Murray-Darling Basin plan altogether uh, and New South Wales walking along and walking away, I should say, and going it alone. Uh, We couldn't get a hold of him last night, but he joins us now. John Barillaro, good to have you on the program.
1: Yeah, great for having me here. Thank you.
0: Um, John, before I get into the Murray-Darling Basin plan, uh, this 22 million litres or 22 billion litres of water that seems to have mysteriously been released uh, on environmental flows or whatever they're called, who actually runs the show and just makes these decisions? Oh,
1: there's th- th- confusion. This is the problem because you've got a federal overlay, you've got state overlay, you've got bureaucrats. A lot of those bureaucrats, uh, uh, we've, we've got hidden greenies amongst them and they're... Uh, prioritizing um, and the environment over people and this has been part of the problem, you know, at a time we know got we've got communities gonna run out of water, at a time when farmers are, are on their bloody knees. Uh, we've got we've got bureaucrats at have decided to send twenty two billion litres down the Lachlan uh, to get down to us down to a swamp so we get the environmental flow and I love the statement when they said the beneficiary of this flow are crustaceans and catfish. For goodness sake mate. You know this this is the sort of rubbish people are sick to death of seeing. But you know we are in government. We're, we're meant to be in control, but this is an example that we're not, and that's why I'm I'm, I'm sick of it. And that's why it's time that we pause all our water sharing plans. We pause the Murray Darling Basin plan until we get the review back uh, by the end of December. And if, if if we don't at the end of that review, if it doesn't look better for Team New South Wales, like I said yesterday, rip the bloody thing up start again, because I think uh, fundamentally there's flaws in the Murray-Darling Basin Plan.
0: Well, I I don't think there's any doubt about that. And obviously, um, if you were to go it alone, you you would have very little control over what happens in the Darling River itself. But you've been quoted as saying water's running out in real terms. But in the Murray itself, it's actually not too bad if you manage the water right, is it?
1: Well, we've got to manage the water. I mean, you know, as we said yesterday, the, the Commonwealth Environmental Water Holder, uh, release that 22 billion litres. I mean, w- what in their mind uh, made them think that's actually a, a good outcome? And what I don't understand, Stephen, is you know this is men or man, uh, mankind influencing uh, the environment. If we were in a drought and we weren't here, the river systems, the marshes, the uh, uh, the forests would be not getting the drink. They'd be feeling the impact of the drought just like farmers and every, everyone else. But for some reason, man's got involved. We're making this decision now that we're not going to give farmers any water but we're going to let the environment get a drink i mean that makes no sense to me and yet this these are the sort of decisions that are being made there are fundamental flaws and i've asked melinda Pavey, the water minister to seek legal advice urgently to find out what we can do to pause with the water sharing plans and to walk away from the murray darling basin plan i've been saying that i'll give respect to the review that victoria and new south wales have signed up to the feds weren't at the table at the ministerial council meeting. They didn't want to, they didn't want to review South Australia. Of course, being selfish, they're only thinking about themselves, and they'll have their regatta and you know, and their little yachts will be floating around Lake Alexandria, which is now a freshwater lake, but it should be a saltwater lake mm. as it was designed to be. But we're jack of it. I think I think people should be fed up with this, and unless I speak out, others speak out. It's the same old same old answer. I'll, we'll see what happens. We're in the worst drought. Uh, and we need flexibility. And if we can't get it, we've got to force it.
0: Well, one of the, the look, there's a couple of issues. The environmental flows. If you if you believe that 60 Minutes report last week, um, it's actually doing more damage to the environment than, than any good, anyway.
1: Well, we've seen it. We've we've seen it down at the Marmachoke where uh, we've got all that water that's flooded the red gum forest. There, um, some are saying it's actually impacting on, on the growth of those trees because we're flooding those areas. Uh, we're, we're we're flooding riverbanks. Uh, yet at the end of the day, um, the environment is also going to miss out when there's a drought but it, because we all have to feel the pain. But at the moment, farmers are getting zero water allocation. The environment's getting the full lick of it. And it's, uh, it's just priorities are wrong. We're, we're putting fauna and flora in front of people and it's time to switch it around. I'm worried about a, a threatened species and that's called regional New South Wales and the people that live there. And if that's not our priority well, you know what, we've we just got to give it all
0: up. Well, John, let's talk about those farmers because, I mean, you've got to have a plan moving forward if indeed this does come off. Uh, a lot of people are complaining about some of the permanent crops and in particular almonds uh, on the, the Victoria and New South Wales border taking a lot of the water downstream. How do you go... Do you have a plan to actually reset the allocations of water and, more importantly, take them out of the hands of speculators and give them back to landholders?
1: Yeah, I, I think, look, Let's rewind a decade or two when, when there was a separation of water water entitlement to land land title, and that was something you know a lot of people thought was a good thing. It was empowering farmers that they had this asset which is their water allocation. They may not have needed it every year, and it gave them a chance to trade it. So I think the the principles behind it made sense and it sounded right at the time. But like always, change the rules, big end of town, corporates get involved, and now we've got big, big end of town that own water licences don't own a farm. Uh, and they trade it like a commodity. That wasn't, I think, the principles behind uh, the ability to trade water, and that has to be looked at, and that has to be stopped. Uh, and I'm not sure if you have to link it back to land, but I think you definitely have to get the big players out because uh, water is so crucial. So that 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 is important. But you know, fundamentally, you know, we, we've got to take better control in allocation. It's impossible that the environment can you have 100% flow and farmers get nothing. And that's a real problem that I think we need to look at. And you're right, there is an issue uh, John- about permanent planting, like almond uh, farms. That's got to be an issue going forward. Uh, and, and you could look at other crops as well. I think another conversation piece we've got to have at some point is what we farm and where we farm it. And I think that's a conversation that everybody wants to have, but it's one that's hard to have in the middle of the worst drought. So our focus has got to get on getting our farmers through this drought, wait for the rain, and then we'll have a broader conversation about what the sector looks like
0: where in the future. I, where I see a real problem here, John, is that I can understand that if, uh, if you know, yourself and Gladys Berejiklian had difficulties negotiating with Queensland and Victoria, given that, you know, you, you've come from different sides of the political fence. But there seems to be this lack of communication between Susan Lee and Melinda Pavey, and they're on the same side. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Mate, that, that, that I think proves one thing, and that proves that the bureaucrats are in charge. And I genuinely believe that. I just don't think sometimes we're told what's happening. Melinda Pavey had indicated she wasn't aware of it. Her agency probably was aware of it. We know federally the agency was aware of it. Um, and, and I, but, but again, it just doesn't pass the pub test. You know, even if you're a public servant who's passionate about the environment and no one's out there setting themselves up to, to destroy the environment, you, you you must be thinking to yourself, do I let 22 billion litres down the Lochland at a time when we're hearing towns are going to run out of water mm. and farmers are getting nothing? Should we should we actually test this with the ministers or test this with the government or test this with the public before we do it? No, nope, none of that. No flexibility. They just go down the park and make a decision, and uh, that's the area we got to fix uh, Communication, both levels. But there is a reluctance as well, mate. I I'm starting to get fed up uh, that. Uh, we're, we're screaming as Team New South Wales. We've been doing all the heavy lifting with the Murray Darling Basin Plan. We've sacrificed more water for the environment than any other state. Yet, um, you know, no one's listening to us now in the worst drought about some flexibility. So I don't care who's in who's in government federally, our side or the other side. I'm fighting for Team New South Wales, and I'm prepared to kick all of them.
0: If it if you do go it alone, what stops Queensland from them saying, well, we'll keep all of our water, and what does that mean for Northern New South Wales and those along the Darling?
1: Oh, but these are the questions. This is stuff we've got to do better. This is why we also got to build dams for ourselves. We've got, we got, we got to future-proof regional New South Wales in the future. That's why it's important that we learn from this drought and we learn from what's happening in the Murray-Darling Basin Plan. And look, I think, I think those other states have got to be honest with themselves. You know, they've got to have a look at the impact this is having on New South Wales. And they have to genuinely ask the tough question of themselves, is this fair? And I think there is enough evidence now to say that the Murray-Darling Basin Plan is fundamentally and structurally flawed. And there's been much uh, commentary around that, not from me, from from the professionals and the experts. And you've got to build in flexibility in times of crisis. And there's no greater crisis than this drought right now. So I think those states have to have to have a good look at themselves. But we have to fight hard. And if it means walking away, that's the only way we're going to get attention to get get this result for farmers in New South Wales. Well, I'm prepared to do it. We're going to get the legal advice. Let's see what that looks like and uh, I'm prepared to fight the other states and the feds over it.
0: Is this just John Barillaro being the lone voice of common sense or is Gladys Berejiklian behind you on this?
1: Gladys has been good, I mean Gladys has travelled with me out in the regions, we've been in the Riverina, she's heard firsthand from irrigators and farmers, the impact of, of, of the Murray-Darling Basin Plan, Gladys and I have had conversations uh, quietly and privately about what do we do going forward, we, we, we do rely heavily on Melinda Pavey, the Water Minister, who I think is doing a wonderful job getting ahead around a very complex situation. Um, so no no this isn't, this isn't just me you know we, we are Team New South Wales we've got to do the right thing for the bush mate we need we need a drink at the moment in the bush and uh, we don't want to see just go to the environment we need our farmers to get a, a bit of that a bit of the water and um, we're prepared to do whatever it takes now and, and we have to because this is this is tough we've gone through a very dry winter we didn't get any of the rainfall uh, spring's the same summer's looking bloody difficult and this time next year if it hasn't rained God help us. Uh, we've got some serious problems for the bush.
0: John Barillaro, good to speak to you this evening.
1: Thanks,
0: mate. Talk soon. That's New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barillaro. What do you think of that? If you're in Queensland or Victoria, how does it make you feel? Thirteen twenty-seven ten 10 is the number.